Seatings and gravitations, faithful listeners. Hello and welcome to episode 112. What the hell was that? I've used that a couple of times before. I just, yeah, you could look on my face if you could see it was... There's the SMH action going already. Completely without price, you could say. I think SMFH. So, uh... The uh, we've had the abortions that is AFLX and AFLW wrapping up. The real AFL's about to start. Yeah, and no, but the real question about that is just AFL why? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're four days, five days out from the start of the new season. Ma- yeah. I've managed to uh, reset the uh, Cantorian tipping competition mainly just because I know that I'm the defending champion so I, it was mainly just so I could yeah, send an email going hey by the way I won this shit last year haven't even looked at fantasy or, or anything else to do with that yet yeah. I'm not looking forward to having oh, it this week come on, come on man I'm looking forward to getting into another grand final and losing it yeah it's, it's the gift that keeps giving <laughs> once yeah. a season Yes. Just like Sam Stowe's are losing in the Australian sure. Open. That's right. <laughs> Although the uh, the bridesmaids picture that a certain fellow podcaster sent across to me caused quite a ruckus <laughs> in my office. Well, I think I'll have to post there that was on few, Twitter for this, was a, this episode. No, do not do that. <laughs> yeah. There was a few whiskey tango foxtrot moments in the office. Particularly when my boss walked past and was trying to work out what the hell was going on. Oh, it's just from Dan. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know not to ask any questions then. So uh, we, we do things a little bit differently here. We're actually going to try something. We have the Magic Cup, courtesy of... Um, Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, courtesy of a 2005 trip to, uh, to the United States. And what we, what we have in here is a question for every team in the league. And uh, we'll take in turns to draw one out. Ask the question of the opposing person. The opposing person needs to give as quick and concise an answer as possible. So in Dad's case, that's five minutes. Was that, was that inconcise that you just said? No, and concise. Oh. But in, Damn. So in Dad's case, as we said in Dad's case, that'll be about yeah. five minutes worth. Yeah. Uh, and then the other person who asks the question has yeah. a minute to give their opinion. Rebuttal. So, rebuttal, yes. Respect for the uh, legwork here. This is uh, so, a nice touch. Certainly more than I've ever done. So, um, right, Just the, remind me, who are the 18 teams again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I think we'll get a level of input from Dan that's slightly more insightful than any NBA preview oh, stuff exactly. that we ever do. Yeah. To which, well, other uh, than my uh, preview of Miami, my prediction that Miami hate would win the whole thing like a few years back... <laughs> Followed by the sheepish question, are Miami in the playoffs this year? <laughs> really advertising the uh, breadth of my NBA knowledge there. So, all right, would you, uh, would you like yeah, me to pick first? You or can you... pick, it, you can pick right, out of the cup first. So, name the team and then Random. the question. All right. Ah, oh, this... You've got to be careful. All right. We've got the West Coast Eagles. I swear oh. to God, this is not real. We needed like a video podcast for that just to prove that. Yeah, so here we go. The gentlest of gentle curveballs over the middle of the plate here. How far, far will the Eagles slide this year? And to give uh, some interesting context to this, uh, for some unknown reason, the fact that the 18 captains all got together and uh, previewed the season coming up, you can tell it's a slow news week in the AFL because there was about five minutes of reporting on it on both Channel 7 and ABC News and then articles on it in the West the following day when in fact I think the appropriate response would be who the fuck cares what the 18 captains think like most of them are mm. halfwits anyway Joel Selwood looking in your direction but the big one from there was that only three captains tipped the Eagles to even make the finals despite them actually oh was it four was it? yeah despite them actually winning a final last year and um, on the AFL page today, they had all of the um, writers give their predictions for the year and not a single one yeah, took the Eagles <laughs> to make the finals. But, but that's the AFL website journalist. It doesn't, like, doesn't Damien Barrett... Well, oh, that other... Okay, 
Anyway, anyway, you, so how far will they slide? You're, you're, you've, you've deviated <laughs> off. off. Uh, let me just close yeah. by saying that we have more journalistic integrity than 90% of the writers for the AFL website. And that's probably uh, being generous to the website. And let's not even get started on sliding doors. <laughs> that's not just if and then statements. There's more to it than that. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Alright, yeah. anyway. All right. How far will WCE slide down the ladder this year? I think it's fair to say that they are the the real wild card this year. I actually think that the two West Australian teams are the real wild cards. Could finish fifth, could finish 15th. Um, I think... 15th be... sounds a little low for West Coast. But... Oh, I don't think so. Mm. Um, I could see them in and around the eight. The The issue that the Eagles obviously have is is that they're... They're going to be very dependent on a on a few players who are becoming either a bit more brittle or are incredibly unproven at the at the next level. Mm. Uh, my biggest concern for the Eagles, funnily enough, is I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Yeah, uh, and I think the other the real unknown, and it's for both those teams because when I was doing my tips this year. Um, this week, you know, looking at the first game of the season, I saw West Coast versus Sydney, and I saw that the Eagles were paying three bucks, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's mm. a re- you would never see odds that high for the Eagles at Subi Oval." But that's the great unknown is that we just don't know how they're going to go playing at Perth Stadium. Mm. Well, I think the yep. the fact is that their record on grounds shaped like Subi Oval is fantastic. Their mm. record on grounds shaped like Perth Stadium. Is abysmal. <laughs> I know so, particular Well, point, no, right? no, but the, like the, it's more shaped like the MCG than it is, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's Subi still, or Adelaide it's still, Oval. It's so still unique. I think it's, it's it's still longer and shorter, but it mm. takes the characteristics a bit more so. But yeah, look, I think that, and I mean, look, the scary thing for for Eagles supporters is we've traded away our first round pick mm. this year, so we could be giving up a top ten pick. Um, look, I, I've. I've had a bit of a think about this. I think that they'll, they'll probably get somewhere between 9 and 12 wins this year. Now, where that puts them, they, they, that could see them sneak into the 8. That could see them 12th or 13th. Mm. Um, my, my thinking is, is you, invariably, two teams drop out of the 8 every year. They're the most obvious candidate to, to slide. So I would, my, my gut feel is they will miss the 8 this year. Mm. I think for both of our teams, actually, round one is a really interesting game. I think you'll find out a lot from Hawthorne versus Collingwood, and I think you'll find out a lot from West Coast versus Sydney. Okay. Here we go. Please not Gold Coast. Please not Gold Coast. (laughs) Gold Coast! Are you serious? I kid you not. Oh, what the... They're never going to believe that this wasn't rigged, mate. What the hell? That's insane. I gotta go. Sorry, I gotta go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I know someone that can help you with that. Um, will Tom Lynch sign with Gold Coast again? He shouldn't. But I think he will. I think the. Um, I think the, the AFL will the, throw. Yeah, exactly. The fact is, you know, he'll he'll probably get eighty percent of the team's salary cap. The fact that Mark Evans has been parachuted into that role is not lost on me. Um, there's a lot of AFL justification of that team going on, especially when the Apple Isles still remain without a team in the competition. Um, and I think there's... You know, I think for, he's, he's still a very young man and he will just see how much money, responsibility, perks, all the shebang-bang that they'll be throwing at him and that'll be enough to uh, to win him over. Because let's face it, without him now, I mean, I believe during one of the um, pre-season promos that Timbo and I were watching the other day, which was Gold Coast versus Geelong, and of course the obvious talking point before yeah. the match would have been Gaz going, they were actually referred to as the Gazless Sons. <laughs> and that kind of sums it up right now. I mean, if they don't have Tom Lynch, then... Basically, the whole thing collapses in on itself like a neutron star, I think. Controversial (laughs) statement number one. I don't think he will. I think he might already be stitched up. Ooh. Jesus. You're setting me up. Gut feel. No, gut feel. (laughs) 
The fact that Collingwood are playing Darcy Moore in defence is a bit of a red flag for me. There we go. And Tom Lynch, growing up, was a Collingwood supporter. Ah. Uh, yeah, see, this is all the kind of background two, knowledge that two I plus, have. Two plus, <laughs> two plus two. I think, I mean, the point being, I think that the AFL would want him to stay there, but whether he chooses to or not is a whole other matter. Mm. I think Collingwood will come after him and come after him hard, and my expectation is is that they'll, they'll get their man. Well, I think a better question for Gold Coast is, when is the franchise just finally going to fold and move to Tasmania? That's the real question. Mm. I don't think you can call them the Suns if they go to Tasmania. <laughs> well, yeah, just ironically. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm not going to guess what this is going to be this time because so far it's been ridiculous. Ah, here we go. From Gary Ablett's old club to his new one. Uh, Geelong, the 2006 West Coast Eagles. Awesome midfield question marks elsewhere. Oh, please, God, don't let that be the case. I don't want to see Joel Selwood holding a Premiership Cup in nine months' time. Six months' time, I should say. I think that might be the 2005 West Coast Eagles. I would love to see him lose a grand final by four points. Four points, sorry. Yeah. That would be excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, look, who, who gets the goals? I, I think Dangerfield basically has to play forward for them. Mm. I can't see... How else they're going to continuously be able to kick a winning score? No, no love for the tomahawk. Well, <laughs> he's a middling. It's all right. You can say no unless he happens to be playing on number twenty-five from Hawthorne. Right. He's, he's very a, overrated. He's a bit overrated. Or, or he's if he's playing a grand final where I mean, the J Pod's just gone off injured. I mean, <laughs> he's good for forty to fifty goals, but that's about it. Like he's not. He's not. He's not the big. He's not going to carry his head to a flag. He's not the world-beating forward that everybody makes him out to be. Put it that way. Yeah. I think Schoenmaker's had a huge part in him forging that reputation. And as I, yeah, as I say, when uh, Leon Davis, medalist <laughs> Javon, went off injured and somehow, yeah, Tomahawk became. I think they actually brought in the hypnotist from uh, office space, raised him from the dead and brought him in to convince Tom Hawkins that he was Wayne Carey at half-time during that match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Tom Hawkins, it's, it's funny, you think of Tom Hawkins, you think of Tom Boyd, is arguably the two best games that they've played in their lives were in grand finals yeah. when their teams really needed them the most. Yeah, so at least they've uh, timed their peaks to perfection. That's right. <laughs> yeah. To the uh, to the Shane Ellen school of footballers, oh, to which Dan says, "I don't, I don't think." <laughs> no, I, know. I, I do remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> from out, he, from out of nowhere, the yeah. RKO of footballers, basically. Yeah, I think, he had, I think from memory he had thirteen goals for his career and he kicked five <laughs> in a grand final. Good ratio. Okay. Yeah. This is this is going to get bad the, for me now. The uh, the Eddies, <laughs> the Collingwood Eddies. If Collingwood missed the eight this year, who's coaching them in 2019? Nathan Buckley. There's, there's no doubt. If they were going to sack him, they would have sacked him by now. The fact is, as Trevor Marmalade once said, if Eddie Maguire got home and find, found Nathan Buckley in bed with his wife, the tough decision for him would be, which side of the bed do I get in on? <laughs> like, the, the, he... If Eddie... If Eddie gets sacked as president, then maybe someone else. But while Eddie is at the helm, Nathan Buckley will also remain there. Well, Eddie's here for another three years, so... Yeah, well, it, that's in theory. You know in the AFL, no one... <laughs> you know, contracts aren't worth well, the paper they're written on. They haven't but, been um, able to shake him out so far, yeah, so... exactly. <laughs> this is, He's this got is, a death grip on that This chair. is the same guy when he was asked if he wanted to be the CEO of the AFL, said, why the hell would I leave the job that I currently have. Mm. It's a better job. Mind you, I'd probably say that if I get offered the AFL CEO position. Uh, just <laughs> no, think, no, but just, I, I think, just yeah, think of all the sex scandals you could be front and centre <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah. Slash involved in personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, look, yeah, I think very simple. Yeah. As long as Eddie's there, then he's got the president's support. So, yeah, Bucks will still be there. Yep, I'm... I agree. I think they went all in on Buckley last year. Yeah. If they, yeah, if they were getting rid of that was And I think that that the thing is, happen. you know, they get... The funny thing is, is that you actually get Tom Lynch in Collingwood oh, and they look a very different team. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Alrighty. On to 
The other expansion club. JWS is 2018 the year they finally break through. Break on through to the other side. Yes. Oh. It is the year that they break through oh, and get no. to the grand final, but don't win it. Oh, so they're the uh, the West Coast of 91 slash Fremantle of 2013 then. Fair enough. Well, yeah. I... Th- yeah, I mean... I gotta say, like the my biggest fear this season is the prospect of a Geelong GWS Grand Final, which would just be the no. absolute. Piss. And I, I think look, my my biggest question mark about GWS is Shane Mumford was a pretty important player for them, both not just in terms of his play, but just as kind of a he's a, a man sp- playing with a, a bunch sp- of boys, yeah, basically a, a spiritual icon, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> And At least he didn't go without, spiritual leader. Without him, I'm not sure who leads the ruck. I don't think Rory Lobb's up to it. I don't think Dawson Simpson's any good. So, doesn't leave them many other options there. So, that that's my my big my big mm. question mark over them. But having said that, we just now have a team that played Sean Grigg as his second ruckman as the uh, reigning premiers. So, yeah. Oh, look, it's a fair point. You know, I think the the modern game is designed in such a way that it's... It, like, you can you can very easily fake it till you make it in yeah. the rough division. Yeah, I think that that's right. As long as you've got decent midfield, you can... That's pretty much all you need. Yeah. Oh! And this is a semi-nice segue. <laughs> North Melbourne. Bam-bam! <laughs> Where's the cavalcade of failure that yeah. we need? Well, uh, along those lines, <laughs> should North Melbourne be the favourites for the wooden spoon? Well, yeah, why not? I mean, they're as bad as any other team going around. Um, <laughs> I think my highlight was, uh, of the off-season was Brad Scott saying that Jared Wayne's best football is still ahead of him at age 34. I think that tells you where North's at. But uh, oh, there was an absolutely classic tweet, um, which was basically, everybody stopped doing pre-season predictions. I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like 17, a ladder, basically 1 through 17, which was along the lines of, stop doing predictions, and then 18, North <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, I think if you look at the other cellar dwellers, yeah, from previous seasons, there's there's a lot more to like about their you know yeah, their potential I mean, for improvement this Brisbane, season. Gold yeah. Coast, Carlton. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think in fact it, it's again the opening round is going to be a really interesting fixture. We could be getting a wooden spoon playoff in round one with Gold Coast hosting North Melbourne. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I, like Brisbane definitely. I see you know winning a few more games in particular at home mm. this year. North, I mean, oh, they're, they're a bit of a basket case, really. I mean, how Brad Scott is still in a job is just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. They give away a whole bunch of their home games. They don't have an imposing record at Etihad or the MCG or uh, down in Tasmania. So, yeah, there's there's just... And as you say, like, it, it named the three best players in North Melbourne. Fuck. Other than... Um, Robbie Tarrant, like after that, Zeebel Brown, uh, yeah, Higgins, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, I'm, there's I'm not, not a, much. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the. I mean, <laughs> Davis Uni Lake has huge raps, but I'm not. I'm not really big on any of their other kids that they've bought through. No. Um, oh, oh, mate, Mountford. M two in everyone's team last season. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, M ten. I should say M two on the bench. Yeah. God, you and can see he's been a long off-season. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And your team didn't even win this time, so you got no excuses for being slightly hungover. Excuse me? Uh, it's the same way every year, mate. I'm too busy doing the FPL to be worried about AFL fantasy. We, you know, like, with the with all the passion and dedication and the, the huge part of my life a fantasy team takes up, I can't carry two of them at once. <laughs> I can't. I won't. All right, let's move on. We've already given... North Melbourne far more time than they wanted. Uh, in one word, my answer is yes. Yeah. Cool. All right. We're on the same page there. All right. Oh, Frio. Oh, geez, what this... A Frio or Smokey for the eight this year. Can we just say yes and move on? Like, 
Not only that, you know, they could they could conceptually be a smoky for the top four. Oh, she's now five's going to have to win the Brownlow by ten I votes for that, that to happen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> I mean, the, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Frio. Hey, uh, hey, I, I'm answering no, this right, question, right, not right, you. Yeah. <laughs> I had to answer North Melbourne. Come <laughs> <Go> on. <laughs> the thing about the, I think Frio is straight away from their identity, and they seem to be finding their way back. I think if they could keep Sandwins on the park, because he's really, really important for their development. If if they can find a pathway to goal, you could see them winning twelve to fourteen games. Well, and that's going to get you in the eight. So yes, I think there's there's two points for me. Number one is again the Perth Stadium factor, like yeah. how they go, particularly because the the big thing this season, and someone actually put this as their um, predicted headline for the season: dwindling crowds at Optus Stadium. I think there will be a number of games this year, particularly the one the home game for the Gold Coast early in the season, Round where that sta- yeah, where that stadium will be three quarters empty. Um, and I think that's there's a big difference. I mean, even last year when they were, you know, at absolute rock bottom, they were still getting thirty thousand fans into a forty thousand seat stadium. Thirty thousand fans in a sixty thousand seat stadium looks and feels a lot different to that. But the other one for me is actually their most important player, and it's not Nat Fife, as strange as that is to say. It's Michael Walters. I think he is, because he is their, I mean, he was their number one goal scorer last year and he missed, you know, like a third of the season uh, with a knee injury. I think he has to probably kick 60 goals for them to make the finals. But well, the scary thing is, he, he could. Like, it could easily happen. The other guy is Harley. I'm going to go on the record right now and say Michael Walters won't kick 60 goals this year because I think he'll play more in the midfield. Mm. I think what you'll find is, is that Fife, Mundy and Walters will rotate mid-forward for most of the year. Sorry, I just heard the words Mundy and forward and, and flashed back to the game yeah. against the eventual Premier yeah, last Harley's... season. <laughs> if, if Harley Bunnell decides to play football or not, piss his career away hmm. who knows what could happen which there. and look I'll I'll actually go on the record and say he will play you know he'll play 20 games this season because I actually think his biggest problem is he gets bored during the off season too much time too much money on his hands and that's when temptation comes a knocking I actually think once you as long as he's like he needs to get these I think his club suspension down to Peel ended uh, last yep. week or so from memory yep. but as long as he's back in the system back training with the Dockers and he's playing every week I actually think that will be enough to to keep him out of trouble but so gun to your head yes or no to the eight? Massive block. <laughs> just out alright just out I think I actually think that Fremantle will finish higher than the Eagles there you go so probably both on the cusp on the cusp the eight yeah. and Okay, last year's runners-up, the Adelaide Cows. Will Bryce Gibbs make all the difference this year? No, because they've got a good enough team around him. I mean, they lost Patrick Dangerfield and improved. So he may be a key player for them, but the, the phrase, all the difference... Well, all the difference is basically saying you think that they'll win the flag. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a funny one. Everyone, you probably forget about Adelaide when you're talking about, um, like, predictions and that for the season. Everyone probably wonders whether Richmond will back it up. They wonder whether GWS and Geelong will, will make it. Adelaide's kind of the forgotten case. And when you look at their home and away record la- over the last two seasons, I mean, they were one utter shit stain of a game against the Eagles away from making two grand finals in a row, really. I think they beat the Eagles in that game, then they get two home finals and they make the grand final two years ago. Um, and they made the grand final last year. But, yeah, there's something I... There's a void, Jerry. There's a void. They, they don't have that spark about them. 
Uh, yeah, they're honest. Think, yeah, exactly. And that's that's probably why I don't think Bryce Gibbs will make a difference, uh, mm. you know, be the difference, because I don't think they're that kind of team. Yeah, I mean, look, it's debatable whether he's their best midfielder. Oh, yeah. Him or Sloan. Him or Sloan. I think they'll miss Jake Weaver more than perhaps people realise too. Mm. I think that that's actually a rather substantial loss for them, the way that they played. They probably have guys that they can slot in there that will be okay, but probably won't give them as much intercept. Um, they also really miss Brody Smith, and he 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 basically won't play this year either. So, mm. or if he does, it'll be very late in the year, and he'd be very much underdone. Yeah. So I think that yeah they 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 need a little bit more. He'll certainly help them, and their midfield is certainly better for having him. But I don't think it will be enough to. Mm. Uh, I think the other big question for them is: Do they give Rory the captaincy? Like, well, they've already given Tex the captaincy. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Is that the right I'm decision? I'm surprised. I'm uh, surprised he's not their captain. Yeah, exactly. Dan Bredig, who I follow on Twitter, is definitely a big subscriber to the view that um, that Sloane should be the captain. Yep. Um, and yeah, look, I think the 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 story of how Lever was treated leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouth after they didn't win the flag as well. Um, you know, in this day and age of free agency, I don't agree with it, but I think the way they treated him is and texts in particular, you know, from what I've heard, a rather abusive phone call, I think that's pretty poor. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a bit of a bad karma around There's a big, big difference with regards to culture, isn't it, is, is that, you know, when Gary Ablett left Juwan for the Gold Coast, all the players were like, yep, we do the same thing in the yeah. same situation, good luck. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Yeah, it's a, it's a complete different, almost opposite ends of the spectrum. And, mm. you know, Juwan went and won the flag that year. Yeah. Take that, Gaz. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Oh, here we go. Oh, jeez. One of the ultimate who cares teams. Uh, <laughs> if St Kilda missed the eight this year, does this mean Alan Richardson needs to go? I think this was clearly written by the same guy who wrote the Collingwood question. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Fair question to ask, though. <laughs> you wrote it. You can't say that. Come on. Stop thumbing up your own tyres. <laughs> it's seriously a fair question to ask. Well, I think God, he's doubling he... down. Yeah, I am. I mean, how long has he been there now? Four or five years? They haven't got... Oh, it was since they sacked... Um, Scott Waters. Scott, yeah, Scotty um, I mean, not only have they not got there, they haven't really come close. Yeah, I mean, last year, everyone was tipping them as the... Yeah. As the, you know, the, the team that would come from outside and, the eight to, you know, to really threaten... No Ruwalt. No Montaigne. Well done for pronouncing that name correctly. Um, Every commentator in the country. I know you won't need to call it anymore, but it's not fucking Montagna. <sighs> It's a soft G sound. <laughs> uh, there's some questions. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have some questions about. Uh, the, yeah, the, I mean, the, I can see them very much in the uh, West Coast Fremantle yeah. um, sort of night. I, to I actually think that yeah, they're gonna they're gonna fall into the who cares zone of probably eight to thirteen. Mm, yeah. Um, well, you're not playing for draft picks, but you're not playing for a flag. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, but I mean, uh, I, and I, but we, let me. I mean, I'll pose a follow-up question. Then is like, who do you bring in as coach? Like, who's the well, who's always, the leading candidate? I, mean, I, I guess the reason why I think that that's an interesting question is is that you hear absolutely no scuttlebutt about the, mm. about him or his position. And I think you summed it up when you said they're the who cares club. <laughs> yeah. Nobody talks about him. Because, yeah. You know, and so uh, part of that is he's got he's actually been able to skate a little bit. I think. Well, I mean, I think the decision to sack Waters, which was basically saying the last two years have been a write-off. I remember saying at the time, that was a big call. You're basically just saying we've flushed the last two years down the toilet. I think when he came in, he was, like, he brought something to that role with him then. You know, he was, he, he, he did make a difference. It went a lot better than I thought it would have. But now, a few years more down the track, 
that um, improvement and that growth seems to have very much stagnated. Well, that's the thing. They've stagnated. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the thing that I, I guess I'm getting at is, is that I don't know if they're any better than they were five years ago or they're any better placed than they were five years ago. No. They could be one that slips a little bit this year and I think, you know, if they do, is the blowtorch actually going to come out for them? Mm. But you like this one. This is your beloved team. Good. I'm glad I got them. <laughs> Can the veterans stay healthy? And if they do, will that be enough to get them back in the eight? Well, the veterans are gone, aren't they? <laughs> no. Well, it's, it's, more it's, guys, veteran, it's veteran singular. It's more now, the guys really. who didn't play much last year. So uh, you think Rioli, Virtual? Yeah, I mean... We did, we already did, out for the first half yeah, of the year. We, we did a podcast last year where I expressed my extreme uh, regret at not having realised just what an unbelievable player the Burger King is. Um, you know, there were a couple of games last year, particularly the, that game against Sydney where in the Indigenous round where he just hauled us over the line single-handedly in much the same way that Sam Mitchell uh, used to be able to do. Um, I think... Yeah, you know, I I think Burgers and Roughhead are probably the, the the two guys you'd look at and say they'd have to have outstanding seasons for us to make the eight. I still think throwing all the money in the world and draft picks in the world at O'Meara was just a giant cock-up. I think there was a lot of hubris about that trade, thinking that, you know, we can, we've got the King Midas touch. Anyone we bring in can turn to gold. I think we paid well and truly overs for him um and it's they're sort of they're a bit a bit sort of in that same ninth to 12th you know i know we've given that answer for a few teams now but i think as i say i think round one is going to will tell you a lot i mean i learned a lot from watching us shit the bed against essendon in round one last season i think if we do the same thing against collingwood this this year in round one that will actually say a lot. On paper, we've still got a lot of premiership players, but yeah, it's that it's it's the the Mitchell Burgoyne uh, duopoly in the midfield. Gibbo, you know, losing Gibbo in defence that was you know having Josh Gibson to play on the opposition's best forward week in week out was a huge well, huge reason. More uh, Josh uh, Gibson to zone in front of. The well, best. yeah. No, but in the past, it would have been Sean Makers playing on the best forward, so there's nowhere to go from there but up. Um, no, look, I, I don't think we'll make the eight this year, but it, it's a really... They're one of the great unknowns this season. Yeah. I think that, you know, if you look at the way we finished last year, we beat Sydney twice, we beat Adelaide in Adelaide, we beat the Doggies in the last round. There's a lot to like about us. At the same time, we got that living shit kicked out of us by Gold Coast and St Kilda. And so Carlton. And Carlton! My God! Who had you for a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah, and we lost to Melbourne for the first time in, in I think, 12 years or something obscene like that as well. So, no, look, I think I go into this season more just hoping, as always, that Ryan Schoenmakers rips a muscle off the bone in round one and we never see the likes of him again. And just also, you know, just hoping to get some more games into our young players. You know, the guys who I actually think need to show us something this year are probably blokes more like Sicily and Dure than, than the veterans. I think the veterans are more of a known quantity. He has some nice kids coming through. Yeah. You actually have some good kids coming through. And I think, I think yes, as you said, we've said it a lot. They're, they're, they're probably one of seven or eight teams who are competing for those last two mm. spots. It's basically winning the right to get pants by ten goals in the first week of the mm. finals. <laughs> but, you, I mean, the, the thing that's an absolute known is you've got the best coach. This is true. Jeff, Jeff Kennett, please take note of that. Oh, and also props to Jeff Kennett for smacking down the, uh, the uh, expansion, the overseas expansion during the week. That was a nice touch. Waste of time and money, I believe, was the exact phrase. Good call. All right. The Melburnians. Can Melbourne 
move from outside the top eight to inside the top four, which I believe up until like one or two years ago had happened every season since the top eight was introduced. A yeah. team had come from outside the eight to, well, to make they, the top four. They won the, pre- the team that did it last year won the premiership. Yeah. If you're going to pick a team to do it, they're probably the obvious candidate, aren't they? I mean, they've got they bat very deep in the midfield. I mean, who's how much of it's going to ride on Jesse Hogan, mm. and oh. and probably also Max Gorn as part of that process too. I think that you know at both of those positions, without those guys, they become very thin very quickly. Mm. Um, there might be a bit of Adelaide actually in that. Again, there's there's no spark there. There. Well, I'm not sure of that. Yeah, like it's mm. just maybe it's just because they are ultimately one of the who cares clubs. <laughs> Again, you know, along with St Kilda, striving for uh, membership figures in the five digits. <laughs> like, yeah, I I think I don't they're, think they're just one of those clubs. Well, it's easier to ignore. I think they'll make the eight this year. Mm. I mean, they had a, they Where had a the... huge dichotomy of results last well, year. I mean, as well, they, they, they they won in Adelaide. They won. They beat the Eagles over in Perth. Like, yeah. you know, those Thanks. are those are yeah, those are two results that you wouldn't well, expect had, for a young had, Victorian. They team. hadn't beaten the Eagles in Perth since two thousand and two. Mm. Uh, so I mean, fifteen years. But I mean, I think that the I mean. You say all that, and then you know they they had the chance to play themselves into the finals, and they crapped the big mm, big time yeah, against Collingwood. Um, and that's, that's my that's my worry about them. They're they're still a little bit flaky, a little bit too flaky for my liking. I think they made the eight, but I don't think they win enough games to finish in the top four. Yeah, and that that result but sort of points have, to what I'm saying. Is it, you know, a, a team with a spark yeah. would would smack mm. Collingwood all over the park that way to make the eight. Mm. But I mean, look, they've certainly had the talent to finish higher, and if it all clicks for them, then um, they're well and I think they're well and true there. They're probably a top four talent team, but whether they're a top four performance team is to be decided. Hard to see them dislodging like four four teams who finished above them last season. That would be my my comment on that. You know. Well, technically, it would be five because they finished ninth. No, but to finish in the top four. Yeah, it's hard to hard to see them, yeah, making up that much ground on on the teams above them. Who are the real Western Bulldogs? Oh, the two thousand. This is the M M&M question. Yeah. <laughs> please stand up. <laughs> yeah, well, the real Western Bulldogs. Please stand up. Was two thousand and sixteen or two thousand and seventeen the real Western Bulldogs? Well. Oh, I'm going to have a fence post coming out of my ass, but it's both. I mean, they were the same team last year. The thing is, they just didn't get kissed on the dick to the same extent they did the year before. You know, everything fell into place for them in, in 2016. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think they... Like, you look at... You look at them finishing in 2016 and winning the flag, the ultimate fairy tale, followed up by another ultimate fairy tale. Certainly, I think Richmond have a, you know can stake a far greater claim to being the real deal and to remaining in the mix this year than the doggies ever could after yeah. their flag. I, I um, couldn't have, couldn't agree more. <laughs> I was more than happy to put them outside the eight. Yeah, that's right. I, the, big, the bold call from yeah, last year. and I mean... It was for that reason. And yeah, I think that Rich, what Richmond have done or are doing is a lot more sustainable. Mm. Richmond also have a legitimate superstar. And Bonson Pelly's not quite there yet. Jack Rebolt. I was actually going to say Alex Rands, but oh, there you geez. go. Um, no, I mean, like, they, Dusty is a legitimate match winner, and Bonson Pelly's not quite at that level yet, and he's the closest that they have to that. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, it, they are a, a good team. They're not a great team. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, they they would like their chances of, you know, potentially pushing for the top four this season. I don't think they will. But I can see them, you know, you know in terms of teams who finished outside the eight last year, like Melbourne that we were just talking about, 
Yeah, I can definitely see the doggies, you know, sliding in fifth or sixth. But yeah, I mean, they won't. They they won't. They certainly won't be doing what they did two years ago. I think you can safely say that out of the teams who finished outside the eight last year, it's probably really only Melbourne, the Bulldogs, Hawthorne, and maybe Fremantle if everything cuts their way. Mm. And I wouldn't put Hawthorne on that list. They could, to to be honest. Yeah, they they could, but I don't think they will. Um, Yeah, look. I just think it's funny, you know. We I just talked about Adelaide and and how they were just oh. one shit stain away two years ago. I mean, they were probably the team who looked at the doggies on that premiership day and just thought, well, why aren't we up there? Mm. Basically, it's because we lost one game at the end of the season to the Eagles. I mean, look, uh, you know, that's I think, a, there's, there's a real sliding doors. <laughs> and look, I, I think that the true the true Bulldogs is the 2017 team, not the 2016 team. Mm. The 2016 team got hot, as you said, at the right time of the year. Yeah, and ran into uh, the right teams in the finals. Yeah. That was a big part of it as well. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. I think that that's right. I mean, a few things cut differently. GWS should have. GWS really should have beaten them in the preliminary final. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say they should have because, again, it's the it's the young team at home under pressure. Well, factor, I would say GWS so, well and truly had the yeah. opportunities to put them away in the grand final. Yeah, but that's but that's why I bring up Adelaide. Is that you know I look at them and say. You know, Adelaide would have, you know, at home, which they would have been in a prelim had they yeah. beaten the Eagles, Adelaide would have easily accounted for the Doggies mm. in that game, I would have thought. Yeah, but everyone so, thought the Eagles were going to easily account for them too. So, mm, yeah. You don't know, I mean, it's the same. They just got hot at the right time, that's all it was. And the pre-season bye probably should have won the... That, sorry, the pre-finals bye probably should have won the Norm Smith medal as well. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Richmond! Ooh. What does Dusty do for an encore this season? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't you, know. You were never top last season. Cure cancer, <laughs> soft world yeah, peace. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> join, join Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un to sign a peace deal. Yeah. Alex, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, whether he should have won the Norm Smith or not is an interesting debate. Um, oh, but I mean... You reckon? I <laughs> I think it was a pretty open and shut case. Once he bobbed up with three goals as well, like that, that was enough to see. You can make (laughs) arguments for a couple of other guys, I think, there. But, I mean, yeah, look, he had an exceptional year last year, didn't he? There's no other way of putting it. Mm. And um, I, I, obviously, I I don't think that he will repeat that because I don't think Richmond will win the flag this year. But um, he'll be there or there, you know, barring an injury, obviously he'll be there or thereabouts in the Brownlow again. Mm. In terms of votes, oh, midfielders who kick goals are yeah. just worth their weight in gold when it comes well, to Brownlow, exactly. Norm Smith, all those sorts. Brownlow, Norm awards. Smith, salary cap, all yeah. those things. So, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, they're the they're the pivotal the pivotal things. Mm. And you know, having watched arguably the best midfield ever going around in two thousand and you know in that two thousand and four to two thousand and seven yeah. era, and then you know seeing uh, Luke Shuey and a whole heap of Stooges. <laughs> Slashing, slashing, yeah, slashing posters at yeah. the moment. I mean, you you really do notice the difference that having a killer midfield has, and more so these days the way the game. Oh yeah, play. absolutely. Yeah. So, key position players are becoming less and less. Yeah, I mean the the thing I've, I've always said about key position forwards in particular is is that they're the types that get you to the big games, but they don't win you the big games. Mm. Reference because, Josh Kennedy, twenty fifteen, Taylor because, Walker last season. Yeah, because invariably the teams that they're playing have good key defenders mm. that can neutralise their impact on the game, or they can just cut off the delivery. <laughs> in it, some even easier. Yeah. So, yeah. I think yeah, great. It. it I mean. If we're going to sit here and say that it was going to happen again, who do we think is the most likely to do it? Brownlow, Premiership, Norm Smith, this year? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, you'd probably have to say it's Dangerfield kicking yeah. 40 goals for the season. <laughs> that was what I'd say. I'd say Dangerfield's probably the guy most likely. Mm. But, you know, I mean, an exceptional year last year to Dusty. And, you know, if he gets... Oh, it, to expect him to play at that same level this year might be asking a bit, but well, I think no, if you get ninety five percent of him of what he did last year, hmm. he still he'll still probably be the best player in the league. There's a little bit of a Brownlow curse um, that's happened over the last few years hmm. in, in the follow up seasons. Oh, um, don't, just, don't you feel went all right last year? 
Oh. Runner up? Yeah, but, but before. But would you say he was as good as he was the year before? No. Nah, I, he was yeah. thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually think he might have popped more votes last year. So well, anyway. That doesn't mean anything, though. Than he did the year before. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, looking at Fife and Ablett before that, you yeah. know, they, they certainly struck. Well, Fife broke his leg, so that yeah. doesn't help. But yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he backs up. Yep. How many? How many were left? Not many. Probably five to go. Your favourite team, Carlton. Yeah, my God. Can Carlton reach double digits this year? Sure, why not? Putting it all into that answer. Yeah, well. They might I, I don't want to. I don't want to call them a ninth to twelfth uh, team because I think we've they got about be. eight teams fini- finishing in that in that bracket of four at the moment. But yeah, there's the. You know, they're certainly they're definitely going to improve. You know, they've they've of probably of all the teams going around around right now. If you look at the crop of youngsters they've got, if you said you know you can coach any team for the next five years, who do you take over? Carlton would probably be right at the top of that list. Yeah. Um, GWS still, I think. No, yeah, but they're already there. <laughs> yeah, I know that's yeah. why I'd say it. I say. I think GWS will still no, be but, there for another four years. Doesn't the salary cap uh, start to bite before then? No, I don't but, think so. No, yeah, all those, all those damn AFL payoffs. Hmm. Uh, they certainly have the talent. Yeah. Double, double, double might be much. Eight, maybe. Hmm. Eight's probably the ceiling. I think if they if they won more than eight, I think they'd be pretty happy. Yeah, and as you say, it's more about getting time and development into the kids now. I think that's the big thing for Carlton. Yeah, so. there's, I mean, there's so, there were so many teams. I mean, last season was characterised as the year of the upsets because, you know, let's not forget that Carlton won a game before Sydney did last year by beating yeah. Sydney in in round five, it was round five or six. I mean, they were both uh, they were both without a win at the time, and Carlton actually won. I think I'm remembering that right, but either way, I know they were both like right down the bottom because I remember um, marching on Anzac Day with my cousin, who's a Carlton fan, and we were talking about them, and, and she was saying just how depressing it was to watch them, and they only bobbed up and beat Sydney the, the following week. Um, but oh, I think there's there's certainly there's certainly a few years to go before they yeah. before they start. Uh, I think they've laid, they've laid the foundation. Yeah. The walls aren't up yet. They're yeah. certainly not at the point where they're putting the roof on the building. Yeah. So. And without Bryce Gibbs, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts them this year as well. Yeah. All right, Dwayne. Brisbane. Ooh. What's the pass mark? How many wins is considered a success this year? Mm. I would almost jump in and say not winning the spoon. <laughs> however, yeah, ma- however many wins it takes them to not win the spoon. I agree with that. <laughs> I was thinking, I was going to say like six, seven maybe. Mm. I think the big the big benchmark for Brisbane is much like with Carlton, getting time into the kids. They've got some really good young kids coming mm. through. And I think Hodge will certainly help with the development of some of those guys, particularly the guys down back. Teaching them where to go. The general. The general. <laughs> his role of the general. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say yeah, six is probably... Six, maybe seven. Yeah. As you say, not winning the spoons probably the the main guy. Oh, and I would say being the best team in Queensland. <laughs> yeah. That's not <laughs> so, bad. That's well, not which is probably one and the same, maybe, with North Melbourne thrown in as well. Yeah. Um, That's probably not a bad way to think about it. Yeah. Let's say that. The, the benchmark is to be the best team in Queensland. I think they're one of those teams where the, the, the advantage they'll have, certainly over a team like North Melbourne, is you'd expect them to pinch a couple of wins at the Gabba against teams who they wouldn't get close to. Mm. Say at the MCG, you know that's always for the interstate teams. That's always a, yeah. a big, um, a big advantage that they have is you've got that, you know, that home ground experience that will be it will it will facilitate upsets this season. Let's put it that and way. I think one year for them, it's just all good and quick. Mm. Um. I don't think it's this year. It might be, you know, maybe next year or possibly the year after, but it will click with them. They've got some really 
enticing young pieces. Yeah, definitely. And then, if they can keep them all yeah. there, which they've already gone a, a very yeah. big part of the way to doing that last season with some of the re-signings that they've yeah. made. Um, McLuggage not packing his luggage and the yeah. other... I think there was there were about three or four puns yeah. you could make on the, mm. on the last names of these blokes. But, um, yeah, they're, they're... Yeah, in the mix with Carlton, I would say, as a team who you really like the look of their youngsters... Three go. So, the Sydney Swans. Yeah. Oh, is this the year that Sydney finally slides? Nah, it'll never happen. <laughs> the AFL won't let it happen. You know that fans in Sydney will only show up if the team's successful. That's why they've been successful for God knows how long. More than a decade now. Um, nah, th- I mean... While they've got Buddy, they're a match for anyone on their day, you know. Mm. That's, that's the impact Buddy has these days. You know, we've talked a lot about the great players, Fife, Ablett, Dangerfield, Martin. Buddy, at his best, is still a cut above all of them purely because he can do things that none of those guys can do. You know, he can, he can bomb goals from 65 on the run. He can play anywhere... You know, from from the midfield to stationed at full forward. I think while you've got him in your side, along with enough midfield talent to cut the mustard, you're always going to be a top fourteen. Oh, I think playing at the SCG certainly helps them. Mm. I mean, the Ruckman situation—you have to worry about. Tip <laughs> it, <laughs> dusting off the dusting off the jumper after calling it a day. I mean, <laughs> come on, it'd be so good if it happened. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Callum Sinclair and Darcy Cameron is going to instill fear in too many people. What about yeah, like two two blokes with two first names? I mean, look, I think that they'll yeah, exactly. I think that they'll actually play Dean Towers a lot more in the ruck and go with mobility over. Um... It's similar to what we're talking about with uh, Richmond. Yeah. Before, really. Yeah. Is almost concede the ruck and then mm. look to to take advantage on the ground. It would be good to see Dean Towers and Sean Grigg lining up against each other at yeah. the centre bounce this year. There's something to look forward to for this season. Yeah, yeah but, but no, sadly, no. They're, they're still going to be in the mix. They will be playing in the second week of the finals. Guaranteed. Well, unless they win in the first week and get the week off. <laughs> which, which could happen. It could happen. Essendon. Will the Bombers rise or slide? I think I'll stagnate. Yeah, defence post arse again. <laughs> slight, maybe slight rise. They might yeah, go from yeah. 8th to 7th. Yeah. I mean, uh, the fact is they, um, you know, we talked before about winning the right to be the team that gets smacked by 10 goals in the first week of the finals. That, a.k.a. the Essendon 2017 model. Yeah. I mean, not even in the same league as, as Sydney in that final last year. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, and I mean their their best players, you could argue, are the older players. Look, they've in, they've injected, and yes, I know I'm using the word injected when I'm referring to this. Bit. We had that one teed up Sard, from the start. You know, Sard Smith and Stringer. You know, they've got a, a big thing for the letter S, it seems. But um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, did they um? Who, Just, who did they recruit? Like they picked up. So I just said Sard Smith and Stringer were the main guys that they brought in, and I mean, look, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with good old uh, the package. And he's, I'll tell you what, he's got the shittest haircut you ever want to see at the moment. Um, like having a, having a buzz cut with a with a bun. Like seriously, man. I'm going to have to look this up. This could be a bit like uh, Timbo laughing at pictures yeah. of Joe Root with the arm it's up definitely, It's definitely worth looking at photos of what his haircut was like during the JLT series. Shocking uh, is an understatement. So probably befitting the series then. I mean, they're going to need... I think that t- to really kick up, they're going to need a big year from him. Yeah. And they're probably going to need... The other one's probably Joe Danaher, again, you know, who was a laughing stock of a player for years... I mean, I, I think, is Danaher going to get better than he was last year? I mean, he was All-Australian last year. So, I mean, mm. 
there it's, isn't much it was improvement. It's a beast dick away from winning the um yeah from winning the uh, whatever it's called the Coleman. Coleman. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, is he going to get much better than he was last year? That's the other question. I, there's a yeah. I, I think that they they're not they're not certainly not top four candidates. I don't think. I think they're at that the level below that at yeah. this particular point in time. And I don't think that they really address their needs. They got a premiership coach, renowned intellectual John Walsfold. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who struggles to adjust to game day changes on the fly, that's yeah. for sure. Mr. No Plan B. Oh, but that's not entirely true. Plan B was sent Hunter back. I was just, I was just, I was just going to say, they need to recruit someone named Hunter just so he can have yeah. a game plan again. <laughs> so the final team is Port Adelaide. Alright, Ken Hinckley. No, do the off-season moves actually make Port any better? Well, yes. <laughs> because, you know, Tom Rockliffe is a good enough player that I think you bring him into any team and he should make a difference. Um, well, it's good. We're closing on yet another team in that, uh, in that sort of just... Just inside slash just outside the eight. They they um they would have been spewing it at not beating the Eagles in that final last yeah. year. How they managed to let that one slip from their grasp is is still beyond me and probably beyond every single West Coast player as well. Um, mm. I think they're another one of those sides who will benefit greatly from their home ground advantage. Um, mm. They've come a long way from having the tarps over the over the seats. Do I think that they're going to, you know, we talk about the teams that finished above them. Are they going to make ground on them? Maybe some, like if you talk about Sydney, I'd still say Sydney are a better team this year than Port Adelaide are. Mm. I'd say they're not the best team in South Australia. Mm. And I think, yeah, for that reason, there's, you know, I can't see them finishing top four. Yeah. I mean, but if you know to pick a surprise top, if I had to pick a smoky for the top four, they'd probably be the team that I went for. Certainly, we talked about Melbourne before, you know, the Western Bulldogs, these sorts of teams. Essendon are another. I'd say Port have a better chance of making the top four than all of those teams, but that's just picking a smoky for the sake of, <laughs> you know, pulling one yeah. out of my back pocket. See, I put I'd, Melbourne. I'd put Melbourne ahead of them. Mm. I mean, it's it's going to depend on Charlie Paul, Dixon. Paul will win more easy games at home than right. Melbourne will. I think it's going to depend on Charlie Dixon and, and Paddy Ryder. I think so much of it's going to depend on that. I mean, look, in terms of what they recruited, yeah, Rockcliffe's a, 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 a ball-winning accumulator who's a bit slow and decent overhead. Well, they've already got three or four of those guys. Motlop is flaky at the best of times. Yeah, look, he, he might be... He might be exactly what they need, running up the wing there, taking advantage of, of uh, the things. those guys. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah. Jack Watts is the interesting one. I mean, if they get a career season out of Jack Watts, yeah, they probably are a better team. Mm. I don't think it's going to get them into the top four, though, and I think that everybody who's pushing them up there and pushing them hard is kind of missing something very, very obvious. Is that you know They've got some guys that have been there for a while now, who are quite important to their to their structure, who are well and truly on the backward yeah. uh, back nine of their career, might even be on the back two or three of their career, and I include their captain in that. Yeah, definitely. SPP is probably the guy who, yeah. in terms of the, the ones who are going in the other direction, yeah. <laughs> he's probably the main one. And I, I think that that's, that the, you know, they're, they're expecting the recruitment of these guys to come in but I think that the recruitment of those guys just keeps them at their current level yeah it strikes me as a bit of a um, as a bit of a uh, Michael Voss yeah. type top up when you're not really in the mix uh, type yeah. trades <laughs> yeah and, and look and to bring up the coach I mean it's it's funny yeah. you know they pushed Hawthorne to within an inch of their life in a prelim final a few years back the year that I um Speaking of good, bold cause, the year I rated Ken Hinckley as underrated. Um, can I rate someone as underrated? How does that work? Double. <laughs> um, Everybody but I, else yeah, doesn't yeah, rate them, I think, is the way. Yeah, but that, you know, you, lo you looked at them that season. I actually remember 
right after Hawthorne won the grand final that year in a podcast saying Sydney and Port will be the grand final the next year. Well, Port Adelaide certainly didn't make a grand final the next year. They really haven't kicked on in the same way that a lot of people would have expected them to. Yeah. I mean, they were fool's gold last year. And, um, yeah, as you said, how they lost that final is mm. baffling. When they were a goal and a bit in front with... <laughs> Yeah. Seconds left to play and still, <laughs> yeah. still managed to um yeah to let it get to extra time. Yeah, well, what I mean, even being two goals up in extra time mm. with essentially about six minutes of game time left yeah. to play, you know, Charlie Dixon would be kicking himself. But the way he kicked in that game, he'd probably miss. Did you gonna pay Comedy a uh, royalty for that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, okay, we've handled a question for every team now. There it is. There it is. Fourteen of them, I'd say I couldn't care less about. But. So let's let's ask the big que- Let's have the big three questions then. Who's going to win the Brownlow? Who's going to win Rising Star? And who's going to win the Premiership? I'm going to go Smokey for the Brownlow. I'm going to I'm going to say Nat Fife will win it. <laughs> Funnily enough, that was who I was. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I didn't consider that a smoky. He's looked, oh, no, look, I think he's, 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 a, he's a smoky for the reason oh. that it is very, very hard for a team that finishes outside the eight to provide the Brownlow medalist. But I think other than Michael Walters, there won't be guys taking votes off him. And, and I mean, he's uh, really uh, looked back to his Yeah, best. his pre-season form has been 2015 vintage and yeah. Fife. When, I mean, we talked about guys winning games off their own bat in much the same vein as Burgers and Franklin. Mm. Fife is definitely one of those players who's capable of doing that. Um, That's boring because I was going to say Fife as well. For fuck's sake. This is like our <laughs> but, two all predictions in South yeah. Africa all over again. Where's Timo to predict 4-0 Australia? Actually, I was saying even the other day, I'll know if in the next three test series he picks Australia to win 4-0 that he's just going the same thing every time. <laughs> um, look, Premiership. I will, I will take the easy option because they've... They've almost had the, you know, we were saying the Eagles 91, the Frio 2013. They've already had that. I'll pick GWS because I think they've had their, you know, you often, all, all throughout history, you see teams suffer a heartbreaking loss in the granny or the prelim one year and then use that as motivation to spur them on the following year. I think there's more upside and more to like about them than there is around any of the other teams who finished in the top six last season. I think the the news that Dangerfield could potentially be out for the first third of the year, that really hurts Geelong. Because um, the Ablett trade only works if you've got Dangerfield in the team as well, I reckon. Um, and yeah, I think Richmond and Adelaide will be there or thereabouts again, but they don't you know just that that sort of extra you know that nth percent improvement i think gws have that and the other the other teams don't so i'll go them and what was the third one uh rising star oh right oh, who, who the fuck knows mate? I, don't, I don't know enough about afl to pick a rising star sorry I'm, I'm still spewing about the fact that uh, Burton didn't win it last year. So, for me, the Rising Star is just... I've just written it off. The fact that Luke Shuey and Ryan Burton both aren't Rising Star winners is, is shit. Oh, so, the medal means nothing to me now. Daniel Kerr was a more egregious one than uh, than Shuey was. But... Um... No, but Shuey was the one where... Who was it? Wasn't it like Matthew Lloyd or someone admitted like right after it was announced that he'd take Shuey over Heppel if, if he had to choose? Yeah. I mean, so an Essendon great would even say that the Essendon player who won it didn't deserve to win it. I think that's yeah. a that's a bit of a but sign I'm, that you've uh, yeah. you've screwed the pooch there. But Justin Co- Justin Koshitsky beat <laughs> Daniel Kerr, so AFL legend Justin Koshitsky as they advertise on the TV for some stupid power 
Oh, um, the highlight of his career was the fact that he didn't get that goal in the last game of, <laughs> of his career oh. with, when he was uh, up against the, the Fremantle third-string team and had kicked the goal but then got it taken off him <laughs> after a score review. His whole career was worth it just for that moment. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when he passed down on live TV. Oh. Um, no, that was funny. Jeez, too far. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I just don't know enough about the, um, the, the young, the, the group of young I'm players be, coming I'm through, be boring. so I'll, I'll handball that one. I'm going to be boring and say Jack Graham for that. Still eligible, even though he was uh, one of the best players on the grand, in the grand final last year. Damn. Premiership. Premiership's an interesting one. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with I'm not going to stick with what I normally say I'm actually going to uh, contradict myself and pick Adelaide there we go Adelaide Adelaide beating GWS in the grand final um I'm I've it's and it's Adelaide could go either way as a team there's, this there's year. a lot of West Coast 2015 potential yeah, about them absolutely <laughs> absolutely that was exactly what I was going to say is, is that the there's a, the West Coast 2015... You Fremantle know, 2013. That, I think less so with that one. Is, well, more, I was thinking even going back even further, the Port 2007 stage fright mm. scenario where it could scar them forever or it could spur them on to, to bigger and better things. Yeah. It's, I, it's, it, it could go either way. I'm going to back them in, though. There we go. Just because I think that they'll win enough games in Adelaide to get them a top two spot. Yeah, it always And helps. pretty much if you're an interstate team and you get a top two spot, you're playing in the grand final. Yeah. Should have been then the last two years. <laughs> so, there we go. There we go. And now, if you'll excuse me, I think I have to go and uh, set up our AFL Fantasy League. <laughs> yes. So, I'll, uh, yeah. We'll sign off here. I will bid you all a very good later skaters. Later, Hoosen.